0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the sport We're going to jump straight into it We've got a massive show So we're just going to jump straight into it With uh, one of the all time greats Of not only rugby union but Australian sport We've got John Eels on the line Welcome John
1: Hi, guys. It's a, it's a great honour. I love the Yarra Valley. What a wonderful place.
2: Plenty of, plenty of red wine on offer, mate, um, which I'm sure you'd uh, be into, given it's 22 years since you last played. And I did ask off air, but how are you feeling? Tell the listeners at home how, how the body is and how you're feeling about the World Cup coming up.
1: Yeah, no, the body's good. Like 22 years without playing, that, uh, that's going to make it a lot better than when you were playing, in many respects. Um but uh, no, try to try to keep fit, but make sure I balance it out with um, enjoying plenty of red wine. But uh, no, life's life's good, busy and interesting as it uh, as it should be, and and really excited about the upcoming World Cup as well.
0: And how do you sort of read the Australian team, John? They've got a new coach, Eddie Jones. How do you see his sort of leadership already in in the short span that he's been coach?
1: Well, if you're going on wins and losses, you wouldn't be uh, too confident. But the the, the thing about Eddie, Eddie is a, a seasoned coach. He, he is coach he's been involved in World Cup squads with Australia, with South Africa, with England and with Japan. And with each of those squads, he's done some pretty incredible things. I mean, three of them, when he was involved, went to World Cup finals. Um, and Japan, for the first time in history, beat South Africa. Uh, so, you know, extraordinary involvement. Um, he's a very, very good coach. He knows. Uh, he knows a lot, not just about how to play the game, uh, but he knows a lot about all the teams around the world. So so I think he'll be very astute in, in the way he approaches each game. We've got a very young side going into this tournament, and, and even when they're a bit older, they're quite inexperienced at this level. So probably one of the least experienced sides going into the tournament, but they're definitely willing um and they're yeah they're physical, they're highly skilled but uh but but they'll they'll be up for for a couple of challenges while they're there
2: and is it the same sort of these days as it was back in your day where well perception wise you're a very intelligent bunch um and and like Nowadays, is it the same type of thing, or we we uh, sort of gravitate towards the what's it, the honey badger type scenario? <laughs> uh,
1: well, uh, I certainly wouldn't be the be the one to suggest that the honey badger is not intelligent. <laughs> and, uh, uh, there's, there's many different forms of intelligence, aren't there? But I, I think I think when Australian rugby has been strong and has been the best in the world, we've been. Yes, we've been able to compete physically. Uh, You know, we've been able to compete, you know, on on all levels on the field. But we've also probably been, I think, ahead of the game as far as how we're prepared to play. I think we've we've had to be one of the smarter teams in the world when we've done well. Um, And and part of that comes from the coaching staff, and part of it comes from the players and their input as well. And I I think uh, there's no question that Eddie is a smart coach. Very astute. So we're not going to be missing out on anything from that front. But I think where we've won other World Cups, we've had more experienced sides going into it. And probably the other big difference these days is I think there was always a lot of um, depth around the world and there was always a number of contenders. But at this World Cup, there's never been more contenders for the title than uh, than there will be at this World Cup.
0: John, you mentioned the, the young side that Australia are sending over. What's the reasoning for that? Is it a, a changing of the guard for the Wallabies? Is there a, trying to blood new players and, and creating a new team culture?
1: I think there's like I'm not inside Eddie's head so I don't know exactly and he would have had the largest say on on the team he, he took away but uh, I, I think new coaches have new ideas. Yeah, they, they see the world a bit differently from how the previous coach. But I don't you know, one's not right, one's not wrong they just see it differently so some players who maybe weren't getting a chance some players who the other coaches wanted to hang on to maybe are not as seen as important in, in what the new coach wants to do so um, uh, you know, as I said, I think, I think Eddie's probably made a couple of calls on that front Yeah, if you had really knowledgeable people from all around rugby come and pick the team yeah, you know, to to go to this World Cup, there would have been quite a few different teams selected, and Eddie has gone for a you know a young one with a with a inexperienced team with a few surprises in there. But there is no question that even though they've lost every game this year heading into the World Cup, they've all been against yeah you know, the best or near best teams in the world. So and they've been competitive in all those games in different ways and they've shown and particularly say in the All Blacks game even the, against France in France where the World Cup opening match will be played in a couple of days they've been competitive in all those games and that shows that we can do it it's just whether we can do it for a whole 80 minutes and whether we can do it for that 80 minutes and then repetitively over another few weeks as well.
2: And we've just seen in 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 one World Cup that we've just had that uh, people gravitate towards one great player, and that was obviously Sam Kerr. But, uh, who's the uh, Who's the player that the Australians are going to sort of gravitate to in in this World Cup?
1: I think there's the, probably yeah. The, the Australia has, and, and I remember Bob Dwyer used to always say back in '91 when we won the World Cup, he used to you know talk a lot about saying yeah you have to have a lot of very good players in the team but you do have to have three, two, three yeah, three or four players you talk about as being recognised as the best in the world at what they do and or near enough too talked about in that you know in that sort of way I think we have a few of those in the you know among the Australian side like in yeah, there might be um Taniela or Marika Corbetti, and so we've got guys like that that people can, you know, there will be great boosts for the team, but then we've also got a lot of other players that, that I think could aspire to being the best in the world in their positions down the track. And Angus Bell is another example. Yeah, you know, the props in rugby don't usually get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of kudos for how important they are, but they are so incredibly important. And he was injured for a lot of this year, but came back and they put him back in pretty quickly, I think, his first games. And Taniela Tupo as well missed a lot of this, all of this year until, until some of the test matches. And so we, we'll have guys in the front row who can do things that other props around the world are not doing. And, and that will be really important to what we do as a team out over there in, in France.
0: John, you talk about Eddie Jones and the way that he sort of coaches um, nowadays. I'd love to talk about the ty- the 90s when the Wallabies were up and going and winning World Cups, led by yourself. Um, your coach, Rod McQueen, what was he like in, in winning, winning World Cups with him?
1: Yeah, Rod was an outstanding coach. And like all the great coaches I've had, and you can put in, you know, uh, Rod McQueen, Bob Dwyer, John Connolly, all these coaches, they, they they knew you as rugby players as much as they knew you as people, um, and and both sides of that equation are really important. And, and Rod was yeah was very good at that, and he was also very good at saying, okay, yeah, I know this, but these are the things I don't know, and for those things, I'm going to put in people who are experts in those areas. And by doing that, he was able to build a coaching team. That that blended really well. I mean, Rod was in charge; there was never, never any question about that. But he was confident to let other people take control where they knew it. But uh, and and also he was very good, and as was Bob, and as was John Connolly, at empowering the players and the, particularly the leadership uh, group of players in, in any team um, to to really take ownership of that team as much as as much as he would.
2: And also in your time, mate, um, who who did you enjoy watching? I know we had the, the Lomus and uh, Campeses and those type. Who did you enjoy watching or even playing against?
1: Uh, I played with a lot of great players. Played against a lot of great players. Never really loved watching them do great things against you. The ones you played against. But <laughs> if I think about some of the best players I played with, you, you I'd immediately go to a Tim Horan, for mm. example. Yeah, Campo obviously, but uh, you know, if you think of the skills, and they're very different players, but the skills of Michael Liner at fly half and a Stephen Larkham at fly half, they're yeah. quite extraordinary. You think of the tenacity of a George Gregan or you know, the grit of some people that, that don't necessarily get all the, the recognition, but whether it be like a Rod McCall, who was my partner in 91, or Dave Giffen, who was my partner in the second row in 99, yeah, those those guys, you know, you drew a lot from... The playing guys I played against, the, the people that changed the face of the game were people like Jonah Lomu, people like you westhausen mm. um, Yeah, they really were... When you played against South Africa in Jus' case or New Zealand in Jonah's case, not only did you have to think, what is this team going to do against us, but what can this individual do and how do we stop them? Because if they play well it's going to be really hard to beat this
0: team, mm. John I just want to talk about the importance of leadership on the World Cup stage obviously you led the Wallabies and not only World Cups but Bledisloe's as well Who, who's sort of the leaders on in this new revised Wallabies team
1: well Will Skelton is the, the, the captain of the team and I, I uh, haven't been involved with the team but clearly Eddie has seen qualities in him, and has seen qualities in the success that he's had all around the world in the in the teams he's played in. Um, I think you could also see a lot of leadership from people like Will McDermott and um, and uh, oh, sorry, Tate McDermott. Tate, sorry, Tate McDermott. Yeah. Um, and uh, what he can do out on the field. Uh, but then some people are leaders by more the inspiration they can provide, by how they play the game. And, you know, Marika Corribetti is a, is, a, is a great example of that. But I think it is going to be really important. That, and you don't really know that, who, who the great leaders are, unless you're in the team, um, or the important leaders are. But it's going to be important that different people stand up in different ways. And leadership can't be particularly in a team that's inexperienced, can't be a function of how many games you've played. Mm. Leadership for this team in this World Cup has to be a function of who's going to step up and take the moment, take the mantle in the moment to lead the team forward, uh, both on and off the field.
0: And John, I just want to touch on your career. You've won pretty much everything. You actually had a winning record against all the other rugby union nations. What was your sort of highlight of your entire Career.
1: Oh, it's a hard question to answer. Yeah, you know, I, I, I played a lot of losing teams as well, and you certainly mm. lose. A, you learn a lot from from those games. And one of the greatest highlights was from a loss.
0: Um, Pellegrino's fresh fruit having in, Pele- in
1: two thousand against the All Blacks at um, at Homebush there, the Olympic Stadium, mm. and there was just under one hundred and ten thousand people. And to this day, it's still the record rugby crowd. Yeah. Uh,
0: Station Four points
1: to nil after 8 minutes and it was 24 all at half time and we were leading with a couple of minutes to go when Jonah Lomus scored the try I remember walking off the field that night we lost 39-35 walking off the field feeling that was pretty special to be a part of even though we lost we felt very proud of the team and very proud that you were part of something that was quite extraordinary but aside from that obviously the World Cups are important the British and Irish Lions series Mm. but it is very hard to go past your first test uh, in a Wallaby jersey the first time you run out on the field you've got the jersey on you sing the national anthem in front of the crowd and you know you're about to live out a lifelong ambition even though it was never really like I never thought it would ever happen when I was younger. Yep. But when you watched Australia play any sport, you thought I used to dream and think how good would it be to be that person in that position. And never thought it'd be me. But when it was, you know, I think it's really hard to top that moment.
2: Well, it was you, and yes, um, you provided Australia with some great moments as well. And you are one of the best that we've seen. So, who who wins the the World Cup, and uh, how does Australia fare?
1: I tell you, that is such a hard question and (laughs) harder at this World Cup than any other. And probably made even harder because five, the top five teams of the world (laughs) ranked at the moment are all on one side of the draw. Uh, It's ended up and, and that makes it very difficult. So only two out of Ireland number one, France number two, New Zealand number three, South Africa number four, Scotland number five, only two of those teams go through to a semi-final. Wow. So it's quite possible that those two teams, whichever two they are, and they might come from the same pool, then go through to the, um, you yeah, know, to the, uh, the World Cup final and, and either play each other again or that they come from the you know, the same side of the draw. So, but, but immediately because the draw's like that, it gives a side like Australia a better chance of, of, of competing because we've got five test matches well sorry four five tests before we come up in a um to a uh a world cup semi-final if we can get that far Mm. which means we can be performing a lot better look i'm not going to say australia will win but i'll just say that they'll be very spirited in the way they play and when they're at the top of their game they'll have a go and and they'll be competitive against the best in the world but I think if you were going to bet your house on it, you'd be betting on the teams that have been so consistent over the last couple of years who will really, truly have the faith in the way they play the game. Australia, to be successful, have to develop that faith in the way they play the game. And they, they haven't got it yet. But I'm not saying they can't get there because they can.
0: Definitely. definitely. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be massive for the Wallabies. they heading into this, this series um, with the eager excitement, I'd say. Um, just one last one for me, John. We're running out of time, unfortunately. But are you aware that people called you nobody? <laughs>
1: yeah, look, uh, it was, look, it was, it was a nickname that did come up. You know, when I was playing, but but none of the players called me that. <laughs> but it, it sort of came up as a bit of a a joke one day. Mm. About it, anyway, it's a, it's a bit of a longish story, but it's uh, and, an English journalist heard it. Someone said it to them, and they thought that the players called me that, so they wrote it down, and then it just caught fire after that, but not among the team.
0: Ah, okay. Just to give context to everyone listening, it, it comes from the term nobody's perfect, referring to John as a perfect player. So there you go. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> we're running out of time, John. We thank you so much oh, for joining us. Thank you so much, mate. It's a pleasure. All, all the best. Thanks, Ed, well. John. Thank you. Great yeah. job. Good start, mate. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's
2: awesome. That was Yeah, well done. Yeah. Uh, I think we've got a few ads we've got to.